if anyone was thinking about starting their own business and they felt they had a good idea and they had what it took to make it work, then I would say go for it. Hey folks, I'm Colin Gray and this is Business Startup UK, the podcast which takes you step by step through creating your own business. Since this is the first show, it's probably worth a little introduction here. As you've guessed, this is all about starting a company. There's obviously a huge range of possibilities there though. Maybe you're looking to register self-employed so that you can do a bit of freelance work outside your main job, or maybe you're going full-time in the business but there's no need for a limited company yet. Maybe you're jumping right in feet first and setting up a business with employees, VAT and all the rest right off the bat. Whatever your aims, there are a lot of steps they all have in common. Over the coming six episodes, I'm aiming, with the help of many others, to give you a full grounding in business startup in the UK. That means what you need to prepare, what you need to think about and what you need to do as you set up your company. By the end of this first series, you should have a really good idea of your first steps and all the things to watch out for along the way. In case you're wondering who on earth I am, my name's Colin Gray and I'm the founder of The Podcast Host. As you'll guess from the name, we make podcasts and we help a lot of other businesses do that too. I first went self-employed about 10 years ago now and I've set up two limited companies along that way and helped a fair few others as well. I definitely don't know it all though, and during this series we'll be talking to a big range of other people about their experience. Some are experts in finance, law, sales or marketing, and others are just business owners like yourselves, people who've gone through the same experience. We'll be hearing about the highs, the lows, the tips and the pitfalls, all of this with the aim of making the whole process much, much easier for you. So enough explanation, let's get to the meat of it. In this episode we're talking about that first step for many, and that's the business plan. Saying that, don't worry, we're not jumping straight into a 20-page massive document. A lot of them have the market analysis, customer segmentation, financial projections. None of that right away. I'm just talking about the plan for your business, which you build up over a little time. It starts out with a look at who you're serving, what you're selling them, and why they'll buy it from you. But even before that, why do you want to make this plan in the first place? I'm Julie Christie and I run a portrait photography business called Julie Christie Photography in Carnoustie. I was kind of forced into making the decision to start my own business because we moved house from Glasgow to Carnoustie and I found myself out of a job. So I hadn't really been enjoying my teaching job and I thought, well, this is kind of the time to do this. So it's kind of make or break and I'll do it. Quite a few people start out this way. They end up in business almost by chance. It just seemed like the best decision at the time, or maybe even it was the only decision to make. Others, though, they can't stand the thought of not doing it, not solving this problem out there that just seems so obvious to them. I have always wanted to own a shop, and I put it down to childhood dream for many years. That's Nicola Donnelly, owner of the Time Lifestyle Boutique in Dundee and purveyor of many fine gifts. I went off to uni and I did life sciences and I worked in comms and marketing but there was this niggling feeling in the background that actually I still wanted to run my shop. That's how it starts for many. Just this itch that won't go away, this desire to try something for yourself, something of your own. So we mentioned planning at the start. How do you turn that itch into something that can sustain you, sustain others, maybe even grow into something huge? Well, that's where planning comes in. 
I did my research, I decided now was probably quite a good time for Dundee, things were on the up, there was lots of exciting things happening in the city and I did my research and I decided what kind of shop that would be. So Nicola had the desire first and then figured out the idea later. Others have the idea first and the research then goes into whether that idea really has legs. The key thing here is figuring out the problem you're solving and whether it's a big enough problem to encourage people to pay for it. Have in the back of your mind some of the problems you think they're going to have and pick up the phone and make the first call. That was Patricia Maguire, who runs a recruitment company in Switzerland. She brings up the biggest part of this stage, and that's talking. You've got an idea, but you need to check that the problem really exists for your customers. In a lot of cases, you'll discover it's actually not that much of a problem for them, or it's just not urgent enough to build a profitable business around. I did some surveying. So I had a survey monkey questionnaire that went out and it asked people what kind of things they felt were missing from the high street. And I always had a hunch that it would go towards a lifestyle store. And I asked people what their average spends would be, what brands they'd like to see, and what kind of categories of products they'd want to see. So Nicola had that hunch, but like Patricia, she went out and confirmed it existed with real people. She also confirmed that it's urgent enough as well. It's painful enough that people are going to pay to fix it. That's the basis for your business. It's called your value proposition. What value are you offering your customers? What pain are you solving for them? And how much is that worth to them? If you've got that solved, then you're well on your way. Alright, that's the blue sky thinking, the possibilities, the aspirations. So, sorry to bring us back down to earth, but the plan also needs the more day-to-day things like finances, costs, projections. Those are the bits that tend to put people off though, aren't they? Now, you've probably heard of a business plan and you're thinking of some form of multi-layered spreadsheet identifying all sorts of costs and income. It doesn't need to be as complex as that. That was Gordon Howes, an accountant with Balfour Shaw. And that's what I was hoping he'd say. You do see the standard plan templates out there, and they're really daunting. Seeing it laid out like that all at once can make it a huge barrier. But there are ways to break it down, and there's help in doing it too. I got help from Business Gateway to do my business plan. They helped me put it together, and actually going to their workshops helps me focus on a different chapter each week. And then I, I built that up gradually. So it's good to know that there are ways to make it easier. But no matter how you dice it up, there's a decent bit of work that goes into your business plan. You might think, why bother? I had to apply for funding. So a business plan was essential for that. And it's also a really good idea to do anyway to keep you focused. Convinced? They're right. You're going to struggle to get money without one in any way. And you're also going to struggle to stay focused once you've really hit the weeds, once you're struggling to keep the whole thing running. Suffice to say, there's no point pretending that you're going to stick to every letter of this plan once it hits the real world. But, as they say, failing to plan is planning to fail. Right, let's look at the detail. What goes in here? So the business plan had obviously things like aims and goals of the business, your costs, um, your marketing plans, and then a bit of your, your research about who your customers and your products were going to be. 
We talked about customers and products earlier. That's covered, but now we're getting into aims, goals, costs. If you get into a particular sector, presumably you know a bit of the ins and outs. So figuring out the costs, the yearly income patterns and the cash flows should be pretty feasible, especially with the help of an accountant if you need it. But let's be honest, the financials are always a bit of a guess. But you want to make them as educated a guess as humanly possible. And timescales? That's where I've struggled in the past. Thinking long term. Here's Patricia again on that. I would have two. I would have a plan that saw me through the next year. And then I would have a plan over a five-year period. There's two things here, isn't there? There's the five-year plan, which is your aspirations. That's where you see the business going in five years, projecting where you can reach. This is where you want to be thinking big, but be able to back it up as well. There's no point saying you'll be earning a billion without a realistic route to making that many sales. But aspirations, realistic ones, are how you'll be attracting investment, partners, staff, and of course, motivating yourself along the way. Then there's the other side though, the one-year plan that Patricia mentioned. That's the important one for short-term survival, and your accuracy here should be much higher. So what do people often miss? Initial setup costs. These are always the things that people probably underestimate when they start a business. You need to know how much your outlay is going to be. If you're going to take on a tea room or a cafe, for example, are you renting it? Does the rental include the fixtures and fittings that are already in place? Indeed, are there fixtures and fittings in place? Do you have sufficient tables and chairs? Do you have the napkins? Do you have the cutlery and crockery? All these things are startup costs that probably exceed what you expect because once you start delving into it, you find that everything isn't exactly as you anticipated. The key to any business plan is timing your cash flow. You have to know when you expect the income, how much you expect at any time, and when you anticipate the expenses to be. So, estimations and realism. That seems to be the key for the short-term plan. Cash flow is really important here. Show where your money will come from and where it will go out. That leaves profit and that's what you're hoping for. Finally, a lot of smart people advocate figuring out what your company might look like once it's finished, whatever that means. When you're done building, what's there? If you take that to its conclusion, it also means planning for escape before you've even started. The other thing... I think is quite important when you're starting out and it might seem weird, but start thinking about your the type of company you want to have and by which I mean culture of the company because sooner or later you're going to want to employ staff in that company and you want to have thought about that before you get to that stage. And there are other things that I think you should be thinking at, at the beginning of your business. For example, Again, this might sound ridiculous, but you might want to sell that business. You might be starting the business in order to sell it sometime in the future. And you need to have a plan to do that because I think personally you want to try and sell more or less at the peak of your business. You don't want to miss that peak. So plan for it. Okay, planning, planning, planning. Vital stuff in its place, of course. But Patricia had some final wise words for us. The more you can plan for, the better. On the other hand, don't get so bogged down in plans that you don't actually do anything. The most important thing is to start work. Just go and do it because you won't regret it. Hopefully that's put a bit of clarity around your business plan. What they're for, what goes into them and why they're worth it. For most, I'm sure it still looks pretty daunting though. Don't worry, if it does to you, you're definitely not alone. 
Remember what Patricia said, just don't be afraid to start the work. And a lot of people could learn from Julie's example here. Well, I suppose what the natural first step should be is a business plan, but actually I have to be honest, I didn't do any of that. I was quite naive and quite innocent about the whole thing. And I really just went into it head first. Everything else, all the other things that you're supposed to do, I kind of did them bit by bit over time. Now, I know that Julie knew her customers. She knew the problems they had and even had a good idea of how she stands out. What she's saying here really is that she didn't go into the details of income, costs or cash flow. She just trusted in her ability to make ends meet. Possibly not the most advisable way to start out, I'll admit. But as she said, she filled in those gaps as she went along, much like Nicola mentioned earlier with the help of the business gateway. For sure, it depends a lot on context. It's easier to do this as a one-man band not so much so if you have investors, a team, and you're having to make payroll every month. Plan or not, though, Julie sums up what a lot of entrepreneurs feel in that first year. Fears-wise, I had so many fears. I think the greatest fear is that it's not going to work. You're not going to make any money. Um, your partner's going to be worried about that as well. Will you find any clients? Will you be good enough? All those worries that I think everyone has when they start up their own business. When you ask, how did I overcome those fears? I don't know that I actually have. I think I still have those fears all the time. I still feel that a lot. <laughs> I think it's just pretending that you don't half the time, really, isn't it? Pretending? <laughs> yeah. But then what do they say? You are what you pretend to be. Make that plan feel the fear. Pretend you don't care and do it anyway. Now you have your own business. You've been listening to me, Colin Gray, and this was Business Startup UK. On the next episode, it's time to decide what type of business you'll be using to execute these carefully laid plans. Are you a sole trader, a partnership, or a limited company? Tune in next time to find out. In the meantime, head on over to the show notes at thepodcasthost.com forward slash startup for a summary and links to everything we've talked about today. That includes all of our excellent contributors and the businesses we run. Business Startup UK was created by the podcast host as part of the 3B Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. <laughs>